does it feel good to hear spunk lit that hot intro once again it's been a while it's been a while listeners since your boy et has been on the airwaves of course we did a live session last week myself and normancito we did a live session but the last time i did a stream of consciousness monologue was must have been over two weeks ago and i must say off the bat i must say i'm feeling rusty i'm feeling rusty this is actually the third time we've gone live on air i had to delete the first one because i mentioned my real name after about 30 seconds thankfully um no more i don't think i've ever done that before that's how rusty i am i'm hoping i can I can sink into this po- into this podcast and get back in the flow. And I think I can. I think I can. So stay tuned to find out if I can or if I cannot. I just mentioned my name is E.T. But my new name is T.O.T. That's right, listeners. The Spudlings have arrived. The Spudlings came into this earth. Earth? This they came into this earth last Wednesday via cesarean section to all of our American listeners. That is a C-section. We give it the full name over here, the cesarean, the cesarean section. They cut her open and brought the kiddies out of the roof. Um, and we mentioned their names on our last show. We got the boy, Tommy. Some people call him Thomas. He's, his birth name is Thomas. Lauren, Gabriel, mother, they're all calling him Thomas. But I said, eh, not for me. I won't be. I probably won't be calling him Thomas at all. I'm a Tommy guy. I think Tommy's a cool little cute name, especially for a nephew. He's going to be Tommy all day long. Unless he's really been a bad little Tommy, and I'll call him Thomas. So um, we've got Thomas, a.k.a. Tommy. That will actually be the last time I call him Thomas. Live on air. Correct me if I'm wrong. If I call him Thomas at any point on any broadcast, listeners, please call in and reprimand me. And then we've got Tommy's sister, Arwin. Arwi, as I'll be calling her. I will probably call her Arwin, but I think so far it looks like I seem to want to call her Arwi, little Arwi, which I think is cute. I have nicknames. Here's the thing. I have nicknames for almost all of my friends. It's quite rare that I call somebody by their by their real birth name. You pick pick any of my friends, I'm pretty sure I do not call them by their real name. I've got nicknames with everyone and everyone's got nicknames for me. And of course on this show and around the world I'm known as ET, El Torpe. Um my co-host Normancito. That's what I call. That's what I call him. He calls me ET. But I've got this kind of relationship with almost all of my inner circle. I would say lots of little code names. It's just something I do. Um, so I just don't stick to conventions. I like to personalize things. I want. I want to give you a little twist on your name. And I want you to do the same for me. That's kind of, that's how you set up a relationship. That's like, it's like a membership card. Instead of a membership card, it's a, it's a, it's a nickname. And if you don't have a membership card with me, then I'm sorry. You're probably not in my inner circle. I mean, just look at, just look at Carolina Chris. Inner circle. I call him Carolina Chris. I would never call him Christopher. It'd be preposterous for me to do that. So um, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting for a second that Tommy is the most original nickname for somebody called Thomas, nor are we for Arwin, but, you know, this is my niece and, niece and nephew. I need to keep it professional here. So um, they came into the world last Wednesday, and leading up to it, it did get pretty drawn out and nervy in the end because Lauren went into hospital on Saturday 
intense swelling and peeing a little bit of urine. No, definitely peeing urine, but also peeing a little bit of blood, I think. She had some issues going on, preeclampsia, which I'm still not sure what is that. But a symptom of that is the swelling. I mean, she looked like the Michelin woman. Her toes were like little sausages. They still are. Um, she was really struggling, especially in the final um, days and weeks of, of the... Uh, the pregnancy so she went in on the Saturday and she was in there like a prisoner until the Wednesday no that's not true she was in there for a week she had the kids on via c-section on Wednesday beautiful moment the kids were healthy little are we needed a bit of help with the breathing so she was actually in an incubator um, and away from little Tommy and and Lauren for the first night um, because as twins you know as is normal they were early um, I think like I think like five weeks early or something you know they could happily still be inside of her just just chilling just chilling and growing and putting on a pound a week I think yeah I think that's right so considering that they are premature as is the norm for twins so I'm told um, I think they had about four or five weeks left of, of growing inside of Lauren. Um, and I think it was just a bit of a shock, particularly for Arwi, when when they, they cut open her home and pulled her out. You know, and apparently when you have a vaginal birth and you, you get to enjoy the slip and slide down the birth canal, it, it kind of gives you, it gives you time to uh, get used to, you know, it's like a drum roll for, for, for being ejected. Whereas when they just slice open the, open the roof and just a hand comes in and just yanks you out, I think it's a bit of a, I would never know. I, I didn't come out of the roof, you know. Um, I just chilled. I just took my time and came down the birth canal. Probably took me about a couple of hours, you know. You know, bit by bit. But they yanked them out and all we need a little help. But they're both seemingly doing well and healthy and eating and drinking um, and thus growing. Although, are we? Are we does have some bent legs. Her, the lower, I'm told it's just her feet, but to me it looked like her, her lower leg going into the foot was all, I can't remember if it was both of them, but definitely one of them, very much, uh, very curved very bent I think bent would be a better word um, just because of the way that she would, was positioned in in the womb I think I mean and apparently this is something it was actually like it's like the tendons or the ligaments and they will straighten them, themselves out um, over time but I mean right now it looks a bit like a, a bit of a banana leg um, so Stay tuned to, to uh, get updates on the straightening of the leg, but otherwise all seems to be fine and dandy. Um, and it was only yesterday, as, as you'll remember, having listened to last week's show, I was going to do a live episode on the Friday or the Saturday. Yeah, because I was meant to be, we were meant to be going up there on the Friday to meet the Spudlings. And on Thursday, Gabriel's mum, dad, and stepsister tried getting into the hospital, and they were told, no, 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 no. The Spudlings get two visitors. One is E.T.'s mother, and one is the baby daddy. That's right, Gabriel. Gabriel. And uh, no more visitors. So Gabriel's father, mother, and stepsister tried coming, and they were said, they were told to fuck off. Um, Gabriel's mother, she is a minister, and she managed to wangle her way in for five minutes, saying, I do, I do births and you know, talk about Bob for, and to all our new listeners, Bob is, is our code word. I talk about you know, nicknames and code words. I don't say God, nor does, nor does Norvancito. We say Bob. Because why? 
Well, because God doesn't exist. God exists no more than Homer Simpson. So we like to call him Bob. But she goes into hospitals once babies have been born and she blesses them, I guess. Like says, yeah, God chose you and that's why we're here. Um, she, you know, she goes into the hospitals and tells stories about Homer Simpson or Bob or somebody. And uh, I guess they feel like, therefore blessed that the minister has come to speak for, for Bob and uh, welcome the, the spudlings into the world. And uh, she played this card and, and she said, listen, I do this all the time. I never have an issue getting in. Here's my QR code for the test I took beforehand. So let me the fuck in. Bob says, you know, Bob says so. So they did. They listened to Bob and Gabriel's mum and they let her in for five minutes. But uh, this did mean, however, that we were told, oh, you can't come on Friday anymore. You know, we're just not. There was a real ruckus today letting in. Gabriel's side of the family so there's there's no chance they're going to let you in so we had to just it was a bit of a tough hit because we were all looking forward to going up there so um, it was a bit deflating and I felt it but we did get the all clear to go up on Sunday because Lauren was or ejected herself from the hospital on Saturday because she just couldn't take it anymore she was just sat there not had, had, having not been home for a week sat there, um, I think just waiting for, on, at least for the last day or two, just waiting for paperwork to be done. She felt really like a prisoner and and for good reason too, because they feed her food that, if I was a prisoner, if I raped and murdered my way to prison and they gave me the food that they gave Lauren, I would say, I deserve better than this. I deserve better. I'm a human being, for God's sake. Um, prison food prison food at best she sent a screenshot we'll upload it onto the Instagram but you'll see this I mean a place that's meant to the only job of a hospital is to make people healthier it's the only job and uh, you know some would argue nutrition's a pretty big part about of being healthy and they're feeding these people dog food beige dog food so um she was, of course, Lauren was, of course, receiving meals and takeouts through through Gabriel and my mum. So I think she did end up eating OK and not relying on the hospital food, obviously. But uh, she just wanted to get the fuck home. So she got home Saturday evening and me, Chesney and dad hit the road at Sunday morning, 7.30 a.m. And we shot up there. It's a three hour drive, a little bit less felt like an hour really did one of the it made me question or at least think a bit a little bit about time and how seemingly malleable it is sometimes um i mean time really does seem to go completely different speeds at different times and it's just interesting to think about that um but we shot up there and of course we were we were chatting it was also father's day grandfather's day um we you know we had lots to chat about and it was enjoyable for that reason but it really did fly by and uh and then yeah we met the spudlings and just had a joyous day mum even cooked a roast chicken we had like a proper almost like a christmas dinner for, for lunch um and that was nice it was very nice to to be with Lauren Chesney, mum and dad, and of course the Spudlings, and of course Gabriel, but this is this is the dream team, you know? Seldom do we do we have us five, you know, now plus Gabriel and the Spudlings, but just us five spending you know a full day together like this. Um so it's very pleasurable, just a really amazing family day with the whole crew that's not happened you know sometimes mum and dad will be under the same roof for like one of our birthdays or certain occasion but not the full day without anybody else there you know making it a little bit awkward 
Um, so it was just lovely to, to spend time with the spudlings for the first time. Very touching. I took a lot of photos. Um, you will not find them on, on the SFG Instagram, of course. There are some uh, rules against that, putting little kiddies up on our Instagram. Um, as much as I'd love to share them with, with our listeners here. Um, but it was, it was touching. It was touching to see, I mean, each family member with the spudlings. It's a beautiful thing. You know, seeing my dad with his grandkids, seeing my mum with her grandkids. I mean, mum is beaming. I mean, they're both beaming. Um, you will struggle to find, and I would have said this, I've said this for years, you'll f- struggle to find somebody that wants grandkids as much as my mum. I know grand, this is a common trait of grandparents to want grandkids, of course, but mum is, mum loves kids and raising kids and mothering she loves being a mum and she's been longing pining to be a grandma and she's always wanted twins she thinks she might have been a twin and there's a mystery around her that her brother or sister that was not meant to be or maybe had a fatality um during pregnancy mum's just got this feeling that that was the case so for her to have grandkids and twins and boy and a girl I mean she is just on cloud 10 she was on cloud 9 um (laughs) well she's on cloud 10 and uh, she's trying to get to 11 and I by golly I guess I bet she gets there and uh, my dad too I mean I think it was a very emotional day for him and he's going to be a great grandfather. He really will. So it's uh, it was very it was a beautiful day. It really was. Um, I didn't even mention Chesney. I mean Chesney is first and foremost a primary school teacher, and it's just that is who she is. It kind of defines her. She Chesney has been giddy about kids and you know, playing with them as, as a baby. And then I think she's always wanted to be a teacher or a midwife. And she's an absolute natural. So, uh, you know, these, these spudlings have, have got it all, they got it, they got it good in terms of family members. Um, we haven't even talked about TOT. I know I'm going to be a top, top, top notch uncle. You just wait. Um, as as I communicated with Julia, my ex, on Sunday, pertaining to advertisements that I'm doing for her, I, I realised that, oh, she'd probably be interested to see that, or know that Lawrence just had spudlings and I'm now an uncle. That would probably be interesting news to her. Um, so I'd sent that and she said something about me. I'm not, I'm not. I can't call myself the best uncle until I get a gift from them at some point in their lives that says world's best uncle. And I think it's an astute point. Who am I to to give myself that title until I get the mug? So I said, hopefully I can get that mug before, before they're, you know, around the seventh or eighth birthday. If I can get, you know, I think that's an attainable goal. I'd hope to have it before they're 10. So, um, stay tuned to find out and you know hopefully by then we'll have found we'll have found grandpa and you know maybe by then he'll be on the show he'll be on the show and we'll reminisce about all those years searching for him um you know the trials the tribulations the people we've met along the way the search party that we've accrued he'll be on the show you know and we'll be reminiscing i mean i'm tearing up just thinking about him We've got to find him. We really do. Don't know how else to say it. So that's the big update. That's the big 20-minute update on uh, on the Spudlings. Two new members for the search party. Um, and as expected, and as, as planned, I, I did give them an SFG sticker. Um, that was the first thing I did. Uh, put the sticker on their chest. Soon covered in sick, but... You get the gist. Um, I'll give them a pack as well. Give them a pack each. Um, 
and yeah the plan is for their first birthday to buy them um, an iPhone and a subscription to SFG going to give them a discount on the on the Patreon account uh, give them 50% off but can't wait to have them really tuned in and and helping us find their great grandpa you know so that was the spudlings um, outside of that um, the, you know, the big news over here is the Spudlings and and your boy's dedication to the, to the world of advertising. Stay tuned. Me, Rajay. Thanks for sticking with us. So yeah, I think it's all clear. The world of advertising. Stay tuned. Can't broadcast, I'm getting stage fright. But I think it's all clear. Yeah, I'm consumed by the world of advertising. And, uh, and now, of course, I have a few accounts that I'm looking after. Firstly, we have Pick, the gift store over in New York City. That's the arguably the biggest project, but we also have Julia's Cafe, and today we started a. I can't obviously disclose any more information than the, than the cafe name. Um, but we started a promotion, of which I had the idea, after smoking a little bit of weed on I think Friday morning, and I mentioned this to to my father station yesterday. I said. It's really quite incredible that the effect cannabis can have on me sometimes when I'm trying to think creatively. You know, when I'm feeling a little bit, a bit like, you know, writer's blocky. And I just can't seem to get my head around certain things. If I smoke a little bit of weed, it just completely loosens up my mind and I, I solve problems. I have ideas and I really think I start. I need to start carrying around a notebook to, to really jot down the, the thoughts and ideas that I have when, when I've smoked. But in terms of work, um, yeah, I mean, wherever you choose to focus your attention, you can have some really interesting thoughts I'm finding. And... Uh, and so one of these on, on, on Friday was really trying to get inside the customers because it also gives you the, this good special perspective ability where I feel like you can kind of step outside of yourself and think critically or creatively about certain things. And, and so one of my thoughts on Friday was, you know, these, these discounts that we've been running for Julius Cafe, 20% off beer and wine or 50% off a bottle of wine, percentages off meals and alcohol. I just thought, you know what, that's not that enticing. Unless you're already going to the this place and you already know it and you see this ad and you're like, oh, we're maybe going to go anyway, so that percentage discount will just take us over the edge. I don't think that offers that enticing, especially for people that don't know the, the restaurant. It needs to be something better, a catchier offer. So I thought, Huh, we could offer ice cream. Everyone fucking loves ice cream. And so, you know, they serve really good local ice cream that's got a great reputation. It's, it's never cheap, you know. This is good ice cream. So her cost is probably going to be about a dollar or dollar fifty. But if she's willing to give a free scoop of that ice cream away, if somebody buys a crepe, and you can just look at it as though, okay, you're going to get we're going to discount our crepes by a dollar or a dollar fifty. Instead of a percentage, the, 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 the discount is a, or the carrot, shall we say, is amazing ice cream, and especially on a hot summer's day. And you see the ad, you'll think, fuck it, oh, ice cream? Oh, all I've got to do is buy a nice fucking delicious crepe and I'll get a free scoop of ice cream? I think it's an enticing deal. So we started running that one today and I'm excited to see how it does. But that was one of my thoughts that I had. Not that that was 
revolutionary thought about offering people ice cream, but it was an example of problem solving with a little bit of help from a green plant. And that today, after I smoked a little bit, for the same reason, I know some of our listeners will be thinking, hey, you, E.T., you're really turning into a bit of a stoner. That might be correct. It might be correct. But it's having a very positive impact on me whenever I smoke, I find. So I, uh, I'm i going to keep doing it for the time being. But the thought I had today, and I'm surprised I remembered it for the show, I will say that, because I didn't write it down. But it just jogged my memory mentioning that just now. But my thought was, some of, if you think about all the interesting thoughts, and not, I'm not saying for a second that when somebody smokes marijuana, cannabis, everything they think of is, is genius and groundbreaking and interesting and needs to be written down. There's a lot of bullshit thoughts that go on, I think. Although, saying that, Maybe it's just uh, a certain arrogance, but I I think the thoughts that I have after smoking are generally pretty fucking interesting and worth talking about. Um, not to say this is one of them, but the thought that I had today was thinking about all those thoughts that people have under the influence of, in this instance, cannabis. How much does... Pe- you know, when people attribute those thoughts, do people discount them after the fact? You know, they, they you smoke, you have this interesting thought, you f- you maybe remember it the next day, but you kind of forget about it because you know, you know, you're just high. It was a silly, you know. Maybe you lose confidence when you kind of sober up, and that made me think. Maybe there's a lot of wasted or ideas that haven't been um, maybe there's a lot of ideas that haven't progressed as they should maybe they had the real merit to be progressed as ideas but people thought oh I, you know I was high like and I think maybe at the time you appreciate that it's a really interesting thought and then the day after you don't give it the credit it deserves and I just think there must have been a lot of instant. I mean, of course, thousands, millions of instances over time where special ideas kind of evaporated when they could have been progressed into groundbreaking ideas. I hope that makes sense. I'm not entirely sure that it does, but I hope that makes sense to some of our listeners out there. It's all in, all in aid and all in praise of the wonderful plant that is cannabis. And it makes me think, or it's just reminded me that Mahat Aeme had sent me, I believe, sent me some gummies from the state of Massachusetts. Yeah, we got some smuggling going on. So uh, I think he said that he had bought them and had sent them. So I should check in with him, but he's not the best at replying currently. Um, I would like to check in with him and say, did you send them? Because... I would be very excited to get those. Gummies were something that he and I were consuming a decent amount of during phase one of COVID in New York City last spring. You know, we'd have a gummy or half a gummy, which I think, you know, gummy was like two bucks fifty or two bucks, five for a tenner. You know, you'd have a gummy in the afternoon after, you know, reading for a bit or, you know, this is when we weren't really working as such. Yeah, this is early COVID where it was really dicey. And uh, have a gummy, you know, watch a documentary, cook some food, and, you know, just pass the day away in this kind of relaxed, creative state. It was it was some beautiful times I had. We listened to a lot of Tom Mish, one of our favorite artists here on the show. And we would like to get, we would like to get Anchor, Anchor FAMA, Spotify FAMA, if you're listening, head honchos out there. You need to give us clearance to get hot intros, outros, and just hot hot songs on our show because it's a big part of our show. It always has been. The hot intros and outros. This is a 
this is a podcast, but you know we're we are DJs. Aha, uh-huh. that's why we're on the radio. Um, so yeah, those are the big updates. Busy with work and enjoying it, and really feel like I'm getting somewhere with with my pursuits in the in the realm of marketing web design. Um, and while we're while we're talking about my work, which is a you know, of course, a key part of my day-to-day right now. And part of the reason why I've not been on air for, you know, a week or two, because I've just been, I've been all in. I've been all in and hard to step away and uh, and really re- get the reports in on, on the search for grandpa. But of course, the other endeavor has been HS. HS. Stay tuned. Okay, welcome back. That was RJ shouting. Always shouts my name very aggressively. It's really not good for my HSP and just generally... That's actually not annoying. It's not bad for my HSP. It's just kind of rude. <laughs> like just, if, if When I shout for somebody, it's always like, Timmy, Timmy. Whereas John's like, Timmy. He just, he shouts as if he's pissed off. Or in something is urgent. He shouts like something's urgent. He shouts it really quickly. As if he's like the ball, you know, the 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 the, uh, the strollers, the, the strollers running in front of the car, or somebody's just fallen over down the stairs. Like that's that's the kind of intensity that he shouts your name as if he's about to warn you or something like that. And it's of course, I don't get scared in that sense because I know it's never anything important it's like I mean just then it was the game started but he screamed it as if he was about to tell me that you know Ralph's died Ollie yeah game's tied I mean you get the gist of it it's uh, it's quite uh, frustrating <laughs> it's never anything important so um, the game has started. I've watched so many football matches that I do not need to watch this game. I need to broadcast. Um, so I was mentioning that my other, you know, the release of the the release of HS a few weeks ago has has uh, didn't go as planned. It didn't get the support or or any kind of push from our sister station literal sister station um which has been a frustrating thing for for months and months now to the point where i'm somewhat numb by the lack of effort um but i mean lauren did one post for it um but even still none of nobody connected with lauren bought a toolkit one of her friends even asked, how can she buy one? And I thought, oh, think about checking the web. Did you think about checking the website? Because there's only one thing you can do on the website, and that is buy a toolkit. And she said, oh, oh. I said, did you check the website? I knew she was, I'm pretty sure she was angling for a free toolkit. And I, and I thought, I mean, I'd happily give friends a free toolkit. It's a PDF. Yes, there's, I've spent a long time working on it, but yeah, I'll give it, but... Just ask for it, you know, or it'll be a, be a little bit cheeky. Don't don't tell me you you don't know how to get hold of one. But anyway, maybe she didn't because I gave her a code to get it for free, and she she didn't even download it. Nobody has paid for a toolkit yet, and uh, and I'm not stressing, and I'm not stressing. You might be thinking, why you spent you spent a decent amount of time, you know, working on these toolkits, investing money and time in into this and you sold none not even none <laughs> but i've since realized and it's all really timed out quite well with with my deep delve into the world of paid ads and marketing and sales funnels and this whole world and that was that i've realized 
and I read a fantastic book just last week. I think it was called Sell Like Crazy, where I've really realized you don't sell things by just putting them in front of people's faces these days. You can't do that. You can't just make a product and even you know pay for advertising even, put it, putting it in front of people um, and expecting them to buy it. There's, there's a customer journey, which I've kind of been aware of before, but obviously not really, you know. So um, with that in mind, I've created, I've put all my learnings into, into action and I've created a funnel. And that funnel starts with, it does start with paid advertising, but with paid advertising to really catch the attention of, of the viewer the potential customer and get them to click on my ad and so we've got some quite catchy um, ad creative I've, I've produced not trying to not saying here is my product this is the price it's on offer or this is why you need it it's just saying uh, you know I've, I'm leading them towards a page on the website which is 10 costly mistakes people make with their bathrooms so it's a free piece of information, a free PDF. All, all that it costs is your email address. So somebody says, oh, have I fucked up my bathroom? Does my bathroom need work? Could I be losing money because of it? Is it costing me? I'm going to download this PDF. Here, have my email address. And that is the goal of stage one of the funnel, the top of the funnel. They give me their email address. I send them immediately through an automated email software, I send them their PDF. They learn something, hopefully. They've been introduced. And then two days later, I send them an automated email number two that I've already pre-written, welcoming the homeschool, what they can expect to receive in their emails, offers, inspiration, you know, this, this, this. Just, just welcome them. Again, don't ask for anything. Two days later, I send them a voucher a voucher for a pooky lighting, another gift. This All these guys do for me is give me, give, give, give. Two days later, three days later, another automated email. Like I said, inspiration, mood boards, you know, just inspire an inspiring email. Maybe a color palette, a color palette suggestion. And so within a week, this person that just wanted that PDF They've just been treated well by this company, given information and yada, yada, yada. And then, then I go over the kill and I send them a big, bigly, <laughs> a large discount for a toolkit that's currently retailing at 99. I'll give them 80% off, 20 bucks. But you got, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a one, two day offer. Get it now while you can, 80% off. And that is the funnel. That is the funnel. And I've got it set to start tomorrow. So stay tuned to find out if my funnel works. You know, if I can get 100 people, let's, let's look at it. If I can get 100 people to download this PDF and go through the sequence, what kind of percentage of them can I give this offer to? And what percentage can I convert to my offer? Five out of a hundred. So then we have to look at what does it cost me to get a hundred people to download that lead form, and am, am I making more with the sales that I make than what it costs me? And that is how to automate a system, and I'm quite excited by it. So stay tuned. Another thing I need to get into here on the show is my social event of, what night was it? Friday night? Yeah, Friday night, the big Friday night social event, England. Remember, it's the Euro 2020 in 2021. It's the Euro tournament, the football tournament. And we've got listeners all around the world. Maybe you're not in Europe. We know we've got some in Africa. Um, but you're still tuned into the Euros. I mean... 
after the World Cup, it's the Euros. It's, it's one of the biggest things you can win as an international footballer. And it's the second biggest thing you can win as an international footballer. But it would be the pin, you know, one of the pinnacles of anyone's career to win the Euros. So uh, we've been enjoying many a game. And, uh, of course, it was England, Scotland. Much anticipated game on Friday night. The last time we played each other competitively was Euro 96. A game that was host to one of the great England goals, Paul Gascoigne. And uh, it was just a jubilant time. And there was a lot of talk of that in the build-up to this game. A lot of expectation. The derby. We're both in the same group. So uh, it was a game I was looking forward to. Confident of. But I did want to watch it with some mates. You know, the first game watched with RJ, Chesney. Um, Mum and RJ's friends. So, and it was pleasant. You know, I'd been on my bike ride. It was, I, I was perfectly happy watching that game. But... Uh, for this game, I did I did want to watch it with with some mates, and uh, you know Big D. I said I said to Big D, who who are you watching it with? Of course, I was planning to watch it with Gabriel. If if I'd gone up to uh, see the Spuddlings on the Friday, I was going to watch it with Gabriel. That was my plan. I'm looking forward to doing so. So not only could I could I not see the Spuddlings on Friday, I couldn't watch the game with Gabriel. So I had to find new plans. Big D said he was watching it with Luke. Um, you know, we always all used to play football together. Not really seen Luke properly and hung out with him for a few years. But we are in a group chat together. And, uh, you know, I said today, I said to Big D, I said, how can I get get an invite? He said, just ask what I'm, just ask what we're all doing in the group. I thought, eh, it seems a bit sneaky. I'm just going to ask him if I can come. <laughs> so I messaged Luke. Um, but first I didn't know if I wanted to because I thought, I don't know if I, you know, as much as I want to want want to watch it with some mates, I don't really want to go on a night out just drinking beer all evening. Um, but that's what I did. That's what I did, and I enjoyed it. And I messaged Luke. I said, "I'm I heard through the grapevine that you're hosting it tonight. Um, if there's room for one more, that'd be great. But I understand if it's not, if it's too busy or." or not, um, absolutely fine, but thought I'd check in, he said, yeah, more than welcome, come over, so um, me and Big D, we uh, we went to Luke's brother's before the game, had a couple of pints there, and then we walked, we met up with another um, old school friend, young Miles, and we walked from his place over to where, near where Luke lives, through Home Park, Central Park in Plymouth, which never really spent much time in at all but walked through on Friday evening in the sun on the way to the game after a few beers and I thought wow this is a beautiful place this is a part of Plymouth where I think I should probably spend more time I would come up here maybe on a nice day with my bike and read or just chill lie in the sun you know if I can't be asked to go to the beach I'd much rather be at the beach but this is a pretty good option just to come up here so uh, that was something, and uh, and then we walked into into the town centre. Had a I think two or three more pints at the pub beforehand, that was getting quite raucous, and then we went to Luke's new apartment, and there was about fifteen or sixteen of us lads, just drinking beers, ordering kebabs from the German kebab house, which is fucking good actually. I'm not not typically a kebab kind of guy. Um, it is something that some many people enjoy at the end of a night, you know, a dirty street kebab here. But uh, never really been my thing. But we did order a German Donner kebab at half time, and it was fucking good, you know. It's really the, one of the perfect foods after a bunch of beers and not much else to eat that day. So did enjoy that. Did not enjoy the game. Um, insipid performance. And then uh, after the game, we went back to the pub that we were at before the game, the King's Head, where, as I said, it was raucous. And uh, we went back in there and ordered some drinks. I said, I'll take a tequila soda. She said, what? I said, a tequila soda. She said, I've, she, she said okay then. She walked off towards the bar and turned around and said, I've never heard any, he wants a tequila soda. 
I've never heard anybody ordering that in all my years. I say, okay, well, that's what I'd like. And I got some comments that are, you know, I'm trying to be American or, you know, some some American-based comments, snide comments. I said, oh, I don't know if it's an American thing. It's just a fucking drink, you know. It's just a drink that I've been drinking for, for several years. I like tequila. I like being hydrated. I like my drink to last more than a few sips. So tequila soda is a good fucking drink. Although the one she gave me was not good. I think it was piss and soda. It was disgusting. No wonder she thinks that nobody would ever want to drink that if if that's what their tequila tastes like. It was dis- it was one of the worst drinks I've ever had. I really don't think it was tequila, and if it was, it was gone off years ago. This stuff tasted like piss. So I had a couple of sippers of that, and uh, and I just left it. Um, I did hear some racist, can't even call them jokes, because. There are some actually. There are some kind. Of, no, if it's if it's a joke about race, it doesn't it doesn't mean make it mean it's racist. Um, you know, we look just look at Ricky Gervais. Just look at some comedians in their jokes pertaining to race. They 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 are or they can be funny, but uh, just a straight up racist a joke railed as no, just racism veiled in as a joke from this old lady that was quite funny before she said that you know she was just like a drunk old woman and then she said I'm not going to repeat it but she said a joke that was just disgusting and some of the guys around me and these are not my best mates these are just you know some somewhat random people um did I think laugh and I said that is I just shouted I said that is not funny I mean it just it was just fucking racist not funny at all so that was a bit sour um and then i think we went to a gay club called omg with pink seating so i mean does sound like a gay club um and then we just had another drink there and at this point it was you know just gone midnight and i thought i think i'm done now you know i came out to have some beers in the evening sun and watch a football match but now i'm just out on a night out in plymouth and it's fucking shit. You know, even though I was still enjoying the companies a little bit, but um, I think I had enough. It was fucking dead. It was, you know, it was just like a really shitty venue in Plymouth with nobody apart from a few of us. So I headed home. My phone was dying. I was on 1%. I wasn't really in shoes that are too comfortable to walk home in, but I thought, well, I've drunk a lot of alcohol. It's a beautiful evening. Fuck it. You know, my phone's going to die if I do call a cab. So I walked home. It took, I think, 35, 40 minutes. I got a few blisters for my troubles. And, uh, yeah, after hours of drinking beer, I went to bed. And I didn't feel all that bad the next day, pleased to report. Didn't feel all that bad, surprisingly. But it has been... A bit of an unhealth, unhealthy, really week or so. Um, all those drinks on Friday night. Uh, yeah, I've just been kind of caving in and eating a decent amount of crisps and chocolate. Um, partly down to the cannabis for sure. Does has recently really I've been caving in a lot easier. Um, so I feel like I've, I've fallen off the wagon a bit, my health wagon, just a little bit, not really. Um, some would say I'm being hard on myself, but no, I've not been, uh, at my hundred percent best. So as of today, I'm, I'm back on it. I'm really trying to, trying to get my, narrow my eating window. I really do like the, uh, what I'm seeing and reading and learning about the intermittent fasting and really minimizing that window of eating. I mean, at least. I can at least do from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's not hard. That's eight hours of eating. It's a feeding time of eight hours. So um, I do want to get back really, if nothing else, then only eat between those hours. Like even if I eat things that I would not normally think was good to eat or think were good to eat, then uh, 
as long as I'm eating between 10 and 6, it's not so bad. You know, who, who, I'm still still uh, working hard at the gym. So, um, And that's pretty much the update from, from the world of ET. Um, we, I will be going to... There has been a tip-off um, of grandfather being sighted um, in Camberley just outside of London, so I will be going up there on the 3rd of July. It's also my dear friend Ross, my oldest friend Ross, it's his wedding that I'll be attending what just happens to be in the area, so um, that's on the 3rd of July. Just got confirmation of that today. Um, and then, of course, the week after, I say of course, but... Uh, the paintess, Georgie, Georgie, who I'm still not sure if she listened to the last dual episode um, of, you know, the two, the momentous episode of me and Normancito live on air together. Um, I'm not sure if she or Georgie, if you've listened to that, but um, Georgie and I will be seeing each other on the I think 9th of July, 10th, 11th. And we're going to be taking little Judy off, Judy the camper van, uh, off to North Devon for a, a few days of camping in the van, eating mushrooms and swimming in the sea. So uh, very much looking forward to that as well. But uh, for the most part, I'll have my head in the weeds going through the paperwork so that we can find our grandfather. Um, Carolina Chris, would love an update from you. Um, it's really been a, a bit of a slow couple of weeks, two, three weeks here on SFG, the slowest on record actually, but um, I do hold my hands up for a large part of that. And uh, But we're back. <laughs> we're fucking back. Normancito's got a big report coming in from the the parrot, not the red parrot, from the parrot. Um, lots going on over there, and can't wait to hear an update from our sister station. Of course, an update from Carolina Chris as well, our Mexican correspondent. So everybody stay tuned. This has been ET, T-O-T on the MIC. Thanks for listening.